Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Deeker. And I'm Rebecca Hines. And Dr. Deeker, this is so unusual. You are no longer sitting beside me here at UCF. Well, in spirit, but not in body. Yes. (laughs) Tell us what is going on. Where are you and what's happening? Well, you know, since this is about practical, um, I made a practical change. It, It was family related, but I am now at the University of Kansas in the School of Education and Human Sciences in the Department of Special Education. So I am in Lawrence, Kansas, where the weather is actually 60 degrees today. So that's unusual from what I understand, but it's a great university. It's the number one ranked special ed program in the United States. Um, And the number one people um, that I also miss are at the University of Central Florida. So I'm really happy to have a new position, but really miss my colleagues and friends such as you on a daily basis. But the beauty is with Zoom and all of the wonderful technologies out there, I can be in touch with you still. So yeah, yes, very of excited course. to be there. Of course. And it, I know it's a great move for you. It's a great gain for Kansas. Oh, so Lisa, I know you are now switching roles a little bit and you are uh, running a center, not surprisingly, focused on technology. Can you tell us a little about your work? Yeah, so I'm really privileged. I got a um, Williamson Family Distinguished Professorship. It gives me a lot of flexibility, and hence the name of my center. Uh, it's 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 called the uh, it's in the Achievement and Assessment Institute, and it's called the Flight Center, which stands for Flexible Learning Through Innovations in Technology and Education. One of the uh, missions right now of KU is something called. Um, Jayhawks rising. And so I thought just kind of a play on words there is Jayhawks rising, taking flight, and really interested in this whole concept of taking flight through more flexible learning. But really that what you and I both agree with that technology is helpful, as long as it involves the human. And so how do we build human technology infrastructures? And the center is really focused on special ed, on AI, teacher prep, but in the bigger picture than maybe even what I was doing before. So really excited and uh, excited you're going to be one of our affiliated faculty members. <laughs> Definitely. And as, as we as we as a, a profession start thinking about the future of our work, the term flexible learning especially intrigues me uh, as a as a highlight in your center. Tell me what flexible learning looks like in your mind right now. I know it's always changing. What is what do you mean by flexible learning? Well, then I'm going to throw that question right back at you because I'm intrigued to hear what you would say. Well, the reason I put flexible learning in there is I really wanted to say. Uh, I don't want people to make assumptions. Like, as you know, I've got a real big passion for equity and access for math and science. And I think when you start saying you're about AI or math or science or teacher ed or special ed or anything like that, it kind of puts you in a box that you kind of have to stay in a lane. And to me, flexible learning says maybe I need to know about AI to be a better teacher to teach mathematics, (laughs) or maybe I need to know more about mathematics because I understand AI, but how do I do that? And I think flexible learning is really goes back to choice and personalization that it's, it's, I get to pick and choose what I want. And I think technology is getting a bad rap right now that people are afraid of it. And I was like, 
I don't know, were we afraid of cars, you know, when they started driving? Well, yeah, then we realized you might need seatbelts. I don't know about you. We were just laughing because I did move my mother here. You know, she said, do you remember when you rode in the plastic car seat with the plastic (laughs) safety belt in the back seat? You know, to me, what we've really learned is even in automobiles or in life that that we have to be flexible and grow. And to me, flexible learning is, is that personalization of what does Becky need versus Lisa needs. And I think we often make assumptions instead of kind of being person-centered. And that's what I see flexible learning being. Well, you, it won't surprise you to hear that I, I have the same view, but also that I'm kind of drilling it down in my mind a little more to the classroom level. And I had a great conversation last night with a potential doctoral scholar here at UCF who is interested in using a Montessori approach to help bring that customization to every every classroom or at least have the option of a Montessori approach. And it was interesting because she was talking about her work in Montessori and her work in gifted and other areas. And it, it was energizing to me. And it's what's energizing me thinking about the things that we can do in your new center. You go ahead and fly the plane. I'm going to parachute down and figure out what I can do with the people on the ground. Well, and and, you know, I love that analogy because it was immediately what I was thinking about. So a couple of initiatives here that I think you'll see kind of built into the podcast this season, and and we always are lovers of technology, but I think you and I both realize technology has no value if it's not connected to the human. Um, and, And yet many times our struggle is the equity and access that our humans that we love can't access the technology. So it's really great. You made the coolest thing in the world, but if I can't speak or I can't talk or I can't move... I can't access it. And and I love your analogy to a flexible learning with Montessori because the center is grounded in the Achievement and Assessment Institute, which is where lots of initiatives are coming. Like there's a real big push here for competency-based education, which I know you and I both love is, you know, let's, let's figure out, you know, what is it the kid needs to learn? Not everybody learns the same thing. And that again goes there. And then I think for a practical piece for folks who are interested in the Montessori approach and how that might align in the Institute also is the Center for Learning Agency and Research Action, which used to be the Montessori group, but they actually have the first journal or the only journal in Montessori education. And Angela Murray there runs that center. And so there's that's what's exciting is being a part of I think I've got the technology wings in there and flexible, but I'm surrounded by everybody who does the same thing, but in different ways. And I think Montessori is a great way to think about the approach to flexible learning and, uh, and AI and technology and in general people. Well, good. I, I can't wait to loop you back into some of the projects that we will continue on, even though you're not joining us in person at UCF, I'm looking forward to our future collaborations. Me too. And so quick question, Becky, this season, what what should we let our listeners know that I'll be flying the plane and you'll be parachuting down to? Uh, what, what kind of theme are they looking at this season? Well, I think obviously with your new position, we're going to continue this discussion about technology. I know there's a lot of, as you mentioned, fear about emerging tech like AI specifically. And I think part of this season needs to be a- about how we're going to harness that for good. 
So whether it's AI, whether it's some other things that are on the horizon, I always feel like one thing you and I have done well is to keep our keep our eyes, you know, on five years out. Mm -hmm. So I would love us to think about the five years out challenge and pull from it. What are the pieces right now that we can act on in classrooms? Yeah. And I'm going to give you my, my last thought here is, is a good example of that. I was in a great meeting yesterday with some great colleagues here in the school of business, and we're trying to do some collaborative work in the STEM area. And, you know, one of the discussions was, you know, Word has came a long way for accessibility. Uh, PowerPoint has came a long way, but Excel is still not. And it's because it's math and, you know, the need for our field to think about. And so, you know, I really encourage those teachers out there, you know, are you teaching Excel? <laughs> you know, are we teaching stats? Because this is going to be a data age of analyzing data <laughs> because the machine's going to do it for us. You know, the day of having right. to compute is not there. That's actually happening with, with writing. And so, but I think accessibility has to be the key. We not only push for, uh, but we keep thinking about, well, if it's not accessible, what's the workaround? Because I think, you know, we call you the MacGyver. There's always a workaround. Becky Hines will find it. And so thinking about what that workaround is for that kid's limitation, and that's a project we're going to start working on, is how do we make Excel more accessible for students with, you know, cognitive challenges? And I think that's the kind of thinking we should be having about technology, not to put it on a shelf, but to demand that it be at a level that everybody can use it. And, you know, Lisa, I, I think that's a great specific example, and I hope that's what we'll be able to bring to our listeners this season. Some very specific examples. Excel's a great one. I, I struggle. I can barely get students in college who are education majors to understand how to easily make a graph using Excel data. And the answer might be now, Let's not go back and teach the old ways of Excel. What is coming? What can be done? What can leaders like you push to be done so that it is more accessible, no matter whether you have a, a, a learning difference or not? Exactly. All right. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be joining you from uh, a little bit cooler weather uh, and a nice hilly place, um, but it's a great and I can't wait for you to visit. So, well, listeners, if you have questions, please send us them on Facebook. We would love to answer your specific questions or your specific topics, or you can tweet us at Access Practical.